This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness, and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. Thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you. And if you've been with us during the course of this week, you know we're looking at Psalm 138. And we'll read it now from the New American Standard Version. I will give thanks to thee with all my heart. I will sing praises to thee before the gods. I will bow down toward thy holy temple and give thanks to thy name for thy loving kindness and thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word according to all thy name. On the day I called, thou didst answer me. Thou didst make me bold with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth will give thanks to thee, O Lord, when they have heard the words of thy mouth. And they will sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is exalted, yet he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou wilt stretch forth thy hand against the wrath of my enemies, and thy right hand will save me. The Lord will accomplish what concerns me. Thy loving kindness, O Lord, is everlasting. Do not forsake the work of thy hands." And if you've been with us, you know we've been focusing in primarily on the last part of verse 2, where the word of God is magnified above the name of God. And just before we leave the subject of the word, it's just important to point out, as we have been doing, that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Well, the natural question would be, what is going to take place at the end? I direct your attention to Revelation chapter 19, beginning at verse 11, where we read these words. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat upon it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. And his eyes are a flame of fire, and upon his head are many diadems. And he has a name written upon him which no one knows except himself. And he is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. So we see in the beginning was the Word, at the end it will be the Word. The Word is not just the written Word, but the living Word. The Word is Jesus, our Lord. And Jesus said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we see the consistency within the Word even as you quoted from uh, the Gospel of John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning, the first three words 
in the Torah or the book of Genesis is Bereshis Bora Elohim, in the beginning God. And so we see the consistency of the word of God from the beginning to the end and throughout eternity, the word of God and our um, Hebrew brethren who don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah know that there is a word or the way or even Metatron as they call him as this unseen person. And one day as it tells us in the word of God in the book of Romans, every knee shall bow and tongue confess that Jesus is the Lord. And when the fullness of the Gentiles comes in, then all Israel shall be saved. They will know and see the word of God, and they will know that the word of God was made flesh, and Jesus came as their Messiah, as the Son of God, and the Savior of the world. Amen. Well, let's proceed with Psalm 138. Let's look at verse 3. Excuse me. On the day I called, thou didst answer me. Thou didst make me bold with strength in my soul. God answers by giving us what we need, not what we want. We usually pray for what we want, but God sees something greater. And we don't know what David actually prayed on this day, but whatever his prayer was, we see that there was an answer because God strengthened him and the Lord encouraged him. And that in and of itself is an answer to press on. God doesn't usually give us something specific all the time. And he'll probably, if our lives are any indication, give us the ability to go through a difficult situation rather than moving it out of the way. So we need to see that God does answer prayer. He might not answer the way we intended him to answer, but he answers something that will uh, bring us into closer conformity with his way, his life, and his will. When we proceed to verse 4 and 5, we read these words. All the kings of the earth will give thanks to the Lord when they have heard the words of thy mouth. Yes, they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. You know, Junie, it's very similar to what it says in Psalm 72, verse 11. And let all the kings bow down before him. All nations shall serve him. And to be frank and honest, we haven't seen this happen. But this is such a prophetic view of what shall take place. Because I think you said it yesterday or on Tuesday's program, June, that one day the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. We see the same thing in Psalm 102, verse 15. So the nations shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth, your glory. So I pray that you and I and Junie and I and all of our listeners have an expectation in our hearts, have an anticipation of what lies ahead when all the kings will bow down to the great king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and that's who shall return, Jesus as king of kings and Lord of lords. And, you know, I think we mentioned in one of our programs, Shelley, that one of the signs of the Holy Spirit is trouble. And we see it in Psalms 2 because you would think uh, just when Jesus came the first time that Israel would have been so receptive. Jerusalem would have been so ecstatic to receive 
the king, but they weren't. And they didn't recognize Jesus as the Messiah the first time. And when he returns, we see in Psalm 2, it says, Why are the nations in an uproar, and the people devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. And I I want to bring this out just because the ultimate end will always be good. But what we need to go through until we see the kingdoms of this world becoming the kingdoms of our God, that he might reign forever and ever. We need to remember that there will be trouble ahead and that we need to be strong and of good courage and trust the Lord and know that he will give us all the strength we need to follow his word. That's why it's so important, isn't it, Shelley? to know the word of God and that we would set our hearts and bow our knee before the Holy One of Israel that we might allow him to live his life in and through us that we might obey the word of God. You know, June, when you said that, it made me think of right back what we talked about on verse 3. When David prayed, his response to the prayer, to God's answer was, that God made him bold with strength in his soul. And that is, of all things, so necessary and essential in the days that we're living in. We're living in perilous times when things are going to get very difficult. And that is a great answer to prayer, that God could make us bold. God will put his strength in us. When we are weak, we can glorify in our weakness because we know that makes room for God's strength. So we're coming to a day where there's going to be much trouble in the earth. We're, we're sitting on a... Uh, on a keg of dynamite, it looks like now, because anything can happen, and it'll affect everyone everywhere. But if God could make us bold with strength, and we would have the anticipation in our hearts that all the kings of the earth are going to bow down before him, it's going to make everything worthwhile. And it comes alive again, Psalm 138, the first three verses that we yield our will to the Lord, where it says, I will, in verse 1, Give thee thanks with all my heart. I will sing praises to thee before the gods, small g. I will bow down toward thy holy temple and give thanks to thy name for thy loving kindness and thy truth. So we need to really be uh, preparing ourselves by yielding our will to the Lord that he might grow strong in us so in the days to come we might be his witnesses and testimony of his goodness, because it's always his goodness that leads us to repentance, and it's it's his goodness that through our life that could bring others to see that the God of Israel is the only true and living God. Juni, it's so powerful. We sit here and talk about these things, but this is going to become reality. And how can we, in our natural understanding, even imagine, as, it, as we read in Psalm 72, verse 11, that all the kings will, be, will bow down before him and all nations shall serve him. It seems so incredible. But we serve that kind of God. So I pray, even as we talk about this psalm, uh, we'll conclude our studying tomorrow, but we have to have such a faith 
in God. And, you know, speaking of the word again, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, that this word must be ingested and digested in us that we could become bold and strong and see the Lord rule and reign in our lives, which he will over the entire earth when he returns. And it says in verse 5, And they will sing of the ways of the Lord. Lord. For great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is exalted, yet he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. So let us be humble and bow our knee before the Lord and uh, ask him to change our heart and change our life, to change our minds that we might agree with him and walk with him and live for him all the days of our life. Father, we thank you, Lord. And I pray every one of our listeners will read and ask for a revelation out of this portion of Scripture, Psalm 138, because it talks about the faithfulness, the goodness, and how we should expect to hear from God, because you are coming back soon, and we need to be a people who are prepared. And I thank you, Lord, that it even says, though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. And I pray, Lord, you would revive my heart. You would revive the heart of our listeners to know you, to live for you. Lord, I pray for the fire of God to come and to burn thank away dross. And Lord, that Lord. our hearts would burn for you, burn for your word, burn for your life, burn for your church, and pray for Israel. In the holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShellyandJuneVolk.com. That's ShellyandJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.